Welcome to the Sporting Ones podcast for a Wednesday afternoon looking at cricket. Welcome, Haydos. Hey, Paulie. We are one day out from the first test of the Australian summer, and it's going to be a good one. Yeah, feeling like a um, kid at Christmas that doesn't know what he's actually really going to get. Yeah, it's a bit like that, I must admit. I think um, everyone's sort of relying on the on the bowling presence and probably hoping from the batting presence, but, you know, it might be just the, the socks and underwear sort of thing for the, for the batting. Yeah, hoping it's not the uh, socks and underwear. But um, like someone said, from um, in relation to bushfires, from bushfires comes rejuvenation. And perhaps that's where Australia's at. Now we're getting that rejuvenation after the bushfires. Yes, I think it was uh, Brett Kirk who uh, said that to Justin Langham um, earlier this year. Yeah, that's an interesting analogy and perhaps um, quite apt for where we're at. So we found out today um, the Australian 11 and also the Indian 12, and it's quite an interesting lineup for Australia. Not what we expected. Uh, no, but uh, I think it's actually a good move. Um, of course, the the big headline is Mitch Marsh, the Australian vice captain, not selected. I'm sure that was a hard decision for Justin Langer, but I think it was the right decision, and hopefully he's vindicated. Yeah, I look, I like this decision because what it shows is that um, look, and we've always known it. It's the way he always batted that um, Langer doesn't. Um, doesn't listen to outside noise and is quite uh, gritty and tough. And he's made the tough call because he is really close with the Marshes. So he's dropped uh, Mitch Marsh in favour of the extra batsman in Peter Hanscom, which I think is a given Australia's fragility in the batting order for the first couple of tests is probably the wise thing to do. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And um, I heard that uh, looking into Mitch Marsh's last eight bowling innings he's only taken the one wicket so he's not really offering much other than just maybe a chop out and someone like Travis Head can uh, maybe more aptly roll the arm over and maybe just threaten a little bit more on his uh, home deck yeah look and the amount of overseas bowling to give a chop out isn't really substantial at all I think you're looking at about four to five overs at a time and that really if you're wanting to be an all-rounder has to be that eight to sort of 12 to 15 overs, getting some quality bowling in. And if you're only bowling four to five, I don't think you can be classed as an all-rounder. He's got the ability to be. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, but eventually potential and ability only get you so far. So he needs to be pushing harder and doing more. And I think that's why they're going to send him back to uh, Shield Cricket to just uh, get a bit more um, form and consistency, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good move. Um I don't know what it is with him. I think uh, his body certainly let him down at times, and uh, maybe that's part and parcel as to why he hasn't been able to bowl longer spells or um, a higher quantity of overs per innings and give the uh, the quicks more of a rest. Um, so, yeah, potentially it might be, you know, just get the body right, maybe even drop a couple kgs and just uh, lighten up that frame a bit and just make it more of a uh, endurance sort of thing for him yeah and Melbourne will become more durable um so that means definitely we will have our 456th cap Australian in Marcus Harris he will open at the top of the order with Aaron Finch 
Um, Kawaji will stay at three. Shaw Marsh will play at uh, will bat at four. Hanscom will play bat at five, leaving Travis Head at six. Then we go to the rest of the lineup being Tim Payne, obviously captain and wicketkeeper at seven. Then however they like to decide it, mix uh, toss up between Cummins and Stark at eight and nine. Hazelwood and Lyon toss up between them at ten and eleven, both really in terms of that of equal ability. Um, so it looks like a solid lineup. First test, first day, 39 degrees, not ideal. I know what I'd be looking to do despite what Tim Payne's been hinting at. Uh, I would be batting, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, anyone who's winning the toss out of the uh, Aussies in Australia, bat first is going to be the no-brainer. The weather's not going to change too much. Maybe come Saturday, which would just play... um, give you more reason to want to bat first to have the inclement weather later on and affect uh, later innings. Yeah, especially um, with the Indian 11, which um, we'll just have a brief look at. So with the injury to Shaw in the Cricket Australia match to his ankle, um, just makes it really um, a straight swap out for Murali BJ with um, with Raul. Uh, Pajara at three, Coley at four, probably the best um, number three, number four in world cricket. Um, with Rahane at five. They've gone for a 12 because they're unsure whether to play batting all round of Vahari at six, who did quite well against Cricket Australia 11 in the match in Sydney, or whether they go with the experience of uh, Rohit Sharma. Then uh, the wicketkeeper Pan at seven, who's really made a um, substantial impact to the Indian lineup, gives them some deep. Uh, batting, that's for sure. Uh, Ashwin, the off-spinner, and also more of an all-rounder as well at eight. Um, then Mohamed Shami, Jasprit Bumrah, and Ishant Sharma round out uh, the 12 with the decision to be on Vahari or Sharma as to who takes the drinks. It's, for me, India have to go in favourites. Despite um, being overseas, they are the number one test team in the world. Um, Virat Kohli loves Australian conditions. He also is averaging, out of two tests, just a lazy 98.25 at the Adelaide Oval. So he doesn't really like playing there at all, really. Um, So given that, India would love to get off to a fast start and get a win in Adelaide before they head to Perth and then the Boxing Day test and the New Year's test at the MCG and SCG. Yeah, I must admit my uh, Indian team, I'm not across it quite like you are, and I tend to be like that when the touring sides come. I, I learn more as the series goes. Virat Kohli, obviously, he makes all the headlines, and as you said, Pajara is a very adapt number three batsman. So, um, you know, is it going to be Kohli shouldering all of the, the workload, or is there going to be enough across the, their lineup? And they are the number one ranked team, so you suggest that that is what they have. And uh, it's going to be a matter of how long they can keep the Australian bowlers out in the field for and, and the sort of toll that will take on them throughout the four-test series. Yeah, look, I think they've got enough talent that's been here before to be able to get the job done. The, it's 2003 was the closest they got. or two, Sorry, yeah, yeah 2002-03. With um, Dravid, I liken Pajara to Dravid. Very, very classy number three. Doesn't rush anything. Not um, not easily uh, unruffled. 
Um, very, very tidy, solid player. And then you've got Coley, who's literally the world's probably most explosive batsman, as well as probably the world's best, along with, obviously, the suspended Steve Smith and uh, A.B. de Villiers before he retired. Um, yeah, I look, depending on what happens at the toss, if India win the toss, I don't give much hope for the Australians if India win the toss. Because I think Coley could, uh, Pajara and Coley could really set them up in the first test. Um their bowling attack, their pace attack is really, really good now, especially with Shami and Bumrah. Bumrah um, and Shami both move it a bit. They're both um, in that uh, high 130s, uh, yeah, high 130s, low 140s, so they do trouble batsmen. Um, Ashwin, yeah, I'm not as, I'm not too bothered by him in Australia. He's had six tests here already, and he's, only taken 21 wickets and an average of 54 with a best bowling of four for 105. So in India, Ashwin is an absolute, and on the subcontinent, any spinning pitches, he is an absolute beast of a bowler. There's no doubt about that. But down here on our pitches, if we've prepared pitches that are for pace bowling, he will struggle to take wickets. Yeah, and typically we see that with uh, spinners when they come here. They're not as effective, and that's just... uh innate to the the nature of Australian conditions I guess but uh, I think the 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 wicket at Adelaide Oval probably offers a little bit more um, than it would in uh, previous years uh, certainly in the last couple years so you know he might be able to get some turn out of it and uh, you know if if they do bat first and then Australia bat last again the uh, the worn out pitch is going to help him and he's such a class bowler that uh, he can make the most of those sort of conditions so um, yeah it could be just a case of when and uh, what days he's bowling as to determine how well he goes yeah I guess um, yeah I, I tend to agree with that with um, with Ashwin um, and look it, the likes of Shaw Marsh uh, Shaw Marsh Harris Head. Um, Stark will be will be worried by uh, what he can do left-handers. We know his record against left-handers as opposed to right-handers is uh, absolutely phenomenal. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues. Although having said that, uh, Harry Nielsen and Darcy Short both took a liking to him in Sydney uh, and both are left-handers. So... It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I guess some possible changes um, ahead in the series would be if Shaw recovers from his ankle injury, then that's going to put uh, pressure on Murali Vijay for India. Um, they've got a few spinners in their lineup as well with Jadeja if Ashwin doesn't perform, as well as uh, Yadav. Um, and I guess the, the, the one they're weighing up, Rohat Sharma or, or Rahari. Um, in terms of Australian changes, well, it's really only if one of the strike bowlers goes down. Um, you've got uh, Tremaine and Siddle in the squad. And I guess if they decide they need that extra bowler, um, I guess further in the series, then they've got the option of bringing Mitch Marsh back. Or even going outside the squad, and they might look at, hopefully, from our point of view, someone like Marcus Stoinis. Yeah, uh, there's obviously there's a few other bowlers too that probably pressing their claims as uh, Dan Worrell, which we we don't mind him from SA. He's he's bowling uh, probably close to career best. We we hear he's 
added an extra yard of pace or two, which is going to help him uh, bolster his chances. And uh, he's taking wickets regularly. He does move the ball. So um, there is a few options there. Jackson Bird's always one that's around the mark. Oh, no, don't, don't mention Jackson Bird. The, the the best thing for Jackson Bird is to stay in Tasmania and keep bowling in Tasmania. I'm Look, five years ago he was fantastic, but he was also bowling around high 130s, almost pushing 140. Now he's in that low part. And it's nothing against Jackson Bird. I think he's a fine shield bowler. I just think we've been to the well one too many times with him, and he just can't cut it. Yeah, okay, that could be a fair um, fair analysis of uh, old Jacko, but uh, as you said, there is a Hobart test, uh, not against India, but... Um, maybe no, no no Hobart test, so no hope for Jackson Bird there. No, it's in Canberra, Manuka. Um, but the one I think... Um, now, look, he was he has been on recent tours. Uh, Jai Richardson, he is in phenomenal form. Young, firebrand, bowls mid to late 140s uh, took 8 wickets a couple of weeks ago on the shield um, he is one that's knocking down the door along with Dan Royal Joe Many's not far behind SA's pace you are, are doing a phenomenal job it's just the batting uh, that's uh, lacking for SA um, there's also I guess you've still got um, Steckity and Doggett from Queensland but WA seems to be the place where most of the bowlers are Um New South Wales, Trent Copeland's always around the mark, but with Chris Tremaine in already, you'd, you'd think they're too similar. Um, but there's plenty of bowling options around. It's just that we... And James Pattinson's, of course. How could we forget James Pattinson? Um, played 17 tests. If his body was much sounder, he would have played a lot more. Just starting to find some form. If his body can hold up, then he's definitely one to look at as well. Yeah, I think it's good. And also, like, the, the domestic cricket season rolls on as the tests are, so there's plenty of form to uh, to look back on and make make the cases, um, you know, well, uh, innings by innings, I guess. Yeah, I guess we've got this one last shield round before we get into the hit and giggle that is the big bash, although it's not so much hit and giggle anymore, quite a serious business now. Um, so I guess in terms of a series prediction... I'm loath to do these, but if I was going to pick anything, I'm probably going to go 2-1 India, and that's just more because their batting is so much more balanced than Australia's. It's more experienced, and their bowling squad is good enough to do damage down here. That would be the way I'd sort of look at it. Probably if Australia's going to win a test, it would be in Perth. I think our pace attack can exploit them there. I think they can do some damage. I still think Coley will play um, superbly there, but... Um, I think Australia can run through the rest of the lineup on that pitch. Probably SCG and Adelaide, where India are probably going to win, and maybe the MCG looking at a draw, depending on weather and uh, how their pitch is, because the last couple of years it has been average to poor at best at the MCG. Yeah, as far as prediction for me, I'm going to say I reckon there'll be four results, and uh, us Australians, we love results either way. I think uh, two all for me. As you said, I think Perth uh, looks like a good one for Australia, and the much-loved Boxing Day test at MCG, that's where a lot of the Australians like to rise to the occasion as well. So I can see, uh, depending on how we go on this first test if there's enough good signs there then uh, definitely feel confident that we can get some uh, some victories in this series nice nice so I'm going to give you a, while we're on the subject of predictions 
given given we're talking about the series, and we'll come back next week and uh, have a review of the first test and look to the second test. But um, in in light of that, let's go with your leading run scorer for both Australia and for India, your leading wicket taker for Australia and for India, and your player of the series. Uh, leading run scorer for Australia, Kawaja. Although his uh, fitness running into this series is not ideal. So that has me a little bit worried. Um, second to him, probably Sean Marsh, uh, only going on form there. Uh, for India, the batting speaks for itself. Coley and uh, Pajara will be around the mark. Uh, Bowling-wise, I do like Hazelwood. He's very consistent. I feel like he could potentially play all four tests, given um, workload. And for India, probably the uh, Shami, who you speak so highly of. Okay, I like that. And you play this series from either side. I'm going to say, well, back in Uzi, Kawaja. Yeah, I did think you might just have said that. Just, a, just a little bit of favouritism, just just sneaking in a tiny bit. All right, so leading run scorer for Australia. It's a tough one for me, and I'm going to back in a much maligned uh, player that divides Australia, and I'm going to go with Shaw Marsh. Much against my better judgment, but I just can't see. Uh, Kawaja's fitness concerns me. I do like how he plays on Australian soil. Sean Marsh also plays well in Australian soil. We must remember his uh, Ashes series last year was quite uh, phenomenal, uh, but since then he hasn't performed. I'm liking the fact of the form he's got under his belt um, in the Shield, um, in the lead-up matches. Uh, and also the fact that um, his wife has had another child, and we know what that sort of can do, can sort of spare on players, etc. So I'm going to go with Sean Marsh, and probably backing that up, Hanscom's just hit form at the right time. I'm going to back Hanscom to be runner-up run scorer for Australia. For India, look, I've watched one-day cricket, T20 cricket, um, and tests over the last sort of six to nine months, and as much as I hate to say it, he divides me. And the ones I tend to hate are the ones I tend to respect the most as well. So I'm going to go with Coley as leading run scorer. Um, and I'm going to back uh, Rahane to have a good uh, good series behind that. So I'm going to back Rahane for second leading run scorer. In terms of wickets, I'm going to go for a bit. Now, we talked about spin not playing a too much of an issue in this series. I'm going to go with Lyon as our leading wicket taker. I think he's just in superb form, career best form, and he's been taking wickets in the Shield. Uh, he took nine, uh, I think, in the first match in the Shield. I think he took eight last week, or sorry, seven last week. So he's in superb form. He's just landing it in the right spots. He's comfortable with how his game is. He's just looking um, just in the form of his life. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Lyon there. Um, for Australia's leading wicket taker, and I'm going to say Cummins not far behind that if he stays fit. Um, Stark worries me a bit. He's a, he's a bit off, but I'm hoping the um, the tests fire him up a bit. In terms of India, um, I'm going to go with uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Shami and probably Bumrah just behind that. I think Shami's played enough in Australia to do some real um, real damage, and I think they rested him a bit knowing that in the um, Cricket Australia match. So I'm going to back in Shami for leading wicket taker and player of the series. If I'm predicting India are going to win the series, I'm going to have to unfortunately go with Coley for player of the series. Um, yeah, that's about where it lies. But look, we're both excited. I've got fear. I've got trepidation. I've got nervousness. I've got energy. I've got a f- 
unknown factor about this test. Yeah, I, I'm a bit more reserved than you. I don't, I don't hold as much hope. I just you look at the batting lineup and it doesn't really excite you past Kawaja and, and Marsh, few, like purely for the fact that Marsh is in form. Um, Head we have great hopes for, but he hasn't really shown that consistency yet to really uh, dig in and once he's in, really make those big scores. So this is going to be uh, the making of potentially a few players there, such as Harris and Head and uh, also Finch, who hasn't really featured in tests inside Australia. So um, it's we all sort of rest our hopes on the back of the bowlers, which is probably fair enough, and um, we're going to need a big lift from the batters. But, uh, yeah, I, we can only hope for the best, I guess. See, you say you don't hold much hope, yet you've given us a two-all draw for the series, and I've given... I'm going with hope, yet I've gone a 2-1 series loss. Yes, well, did you hear me say the bowlers? They're going to they're gonna run rampant. We know this, and uh, especially in WA. So uh, that's what I'm uh, leaning towards. My hope for the series is that Travis Head really just finds the right time to make some runs and cement his spot. Um, Hanscom I'm a fan of. People, I've spoken with a lot of people. and Two yeah, weeks ago, you scoffed at the suggestion that he would be in the Australian team. Yeah, but I needed to see him make runs, and I have, and it was back-to-back innings. So he's in that form. I don't dislike Hanscom. It's just that his domestic form was not as good as what it should have been, along with his test bomb before that. Having listened to Andrew McDonald, the Victorian coach, and how much he's worked on his technique and his playing style... If he can just do what he's done, he does average over 40 at Test Cricket. If he can continue that on, I think he's going to be set for the rest of his career. Yeah, I think um, it's also the potential here to, to win over a lot of Australians too because he, especially in Hanscom's situation where he has that really laconic style to him and he, he bats way back in his crease and you know he doesn't look the part. But uh, I tell you what, if he makes runs, it's not going to... It'll, it'll win the shines over pretty quickly, I think. And the good thing about Hanscom, the addition of Hanscom also, his fielding is is uh, superb. So it adds that extra element. So on that note, we're gonna uh, we're gonna love you and leave you. And uh, look, hopefully Australia do uh, surprise us in this first test and uh, come out swinging and fighting. And uh, hopefully don't put away the sledging, but I, I fear they may. Um, as long as it's um, how do I say it. Sledging in a good way, without without the. Uh... It's warranted. I think it's it's okay. I yeah. mean, honestly, you've been in matches before. I'm sure where where they, you get irate by some players. So a little bit, as long as you don't overstep the line, obviously. And we're talking about match fees here and all that. But uh, a little bit is okay, I think. Yeah, the one player I would not sledge is Virat Kohli. Yeah, I think everyone's making that same judgment too, because. He looks like he's pretty thick-skinned, and uh, I can bet you that he would like nothing more than to uh, carry on in his uh, amazing career and add another feather to his cap. Well, the feather to his cap would be being the first Indian to win a series in Australia, so he is definitely going for that. So on that note, let's go Aussies, and we'll catch you next week. Go the Aussies.